we are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. Welcome to the Mother Heart Podcast, and today we are discussing The Conscious Parent by Shefali Sarberry, and she is a clinical psychologist. In her book, she blends Eastern mindfulness with Western psychology, and this book is incredible. It's rich. It's full of wisdom that has the ability to transform us to a higher state, a higher way of being, from unconsciousness to consciousness. And as we take these principles and apply them to our lives, we start to empower our children. We allow our children to become our great awakeners. Shefali teaches us how to truly connect with our children as we surrender to who we truly are. So as we do this discussion, I think a good starting point would be to discuss what unconsciousness is. What does that mean? Well, one thing we were talking about before was um, how unconsciousness is basically becoming self-aware, be un- understanding um, who you are. It's just basically bringing, when you're unconscious, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what emotions you're having, what you, emotions you're projecting onto your children, rather than recognizing what you're actually feeling, you know, and, and feeling those we feelings. We react from, an, when we're unconscious, it's like we are reacting from an emotion, but we haven't identified the emotion. We don't even know why we have that emotion. It's just surfacing and it's there. And that is a very unconscious place to be. When our son is doing, or our daughter is doing something that we think they know they shouldn't be doing, but they are doing it. And so we get angry all of a sudden. But what if that child didn't understand the direction or that it was yesterday she said no, but not today? Um, Shefali talks about how when we, we become conscious as we identify that we were unconscious. So, oh, I was in a reactive state from an emotional state where I had no control. And also where we don't, we don't recognize that in ourselves, right? We're not self-aware. So mm-hmm. when you're unconscious, you're not being self-aware of the, the false beliefs that you have, of the um, negative emotions that you're carrying and um, projecting onto your children. Um, rather than really seeing, being conscious means really seeing your children for who they are and as they are and the situation for what it is. And being able to then go from there and um, and work in a way that's actually going to be conducive to the situation, to help the situation, to help your child, rather than bringing in all of your garbage and everything and dumping it on them, you can just, I see you, and I see what you need, and I can do that. And that's a conscious way of dealing with mm-hmm. it. So, And that's the ideal, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like going from unconsciousness to consciousness is a process. So And we and can get better at it. Exactly. It's like developing a muscle. It's like you're getting stronger and you're getting better at recognizing it and understanding it. Yeah. Yeah, and Shafali she says no one ever is in perfect consciousness at all times. Yeah. We always go back and forth into it and out of it. And 
she says, though we need, as we come out of unconsciousness into our, who we are, our spirit, our hearts, we give less power to that ego and more power to who we truly are. Right. So because she talks about the ego, meaning it's what, how you see yourself. It's how you see yourself coming across to other people. It's like a picture you you carry around in your head about who you are. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and a lot of times it's not exactly, it may be close to your authentic self, but it's, you know, not the actual authentic self. It's, 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 it's got an some artificial skewed... sense of who we are. Right. Yeah. We carry around all of these hats. I'm a mother. I'm a photographer. I'm this and this and this and this, and this is how I want the world to see me. Mm-hmm. But really we give to the world as we shed that ego and move forward in love and understanding and compassion towards each other. And authenticity. Yes. Yeah, because sometimes that ego holds us back, right? Because we want to appear to have it all together. And so rather than acknowledging that, hey, sometimes we don't have it all together, we try and keep up that persona to other people. And so we can't connect with them completely, or we can't um, be ourselves, or we can't um, accept ourselves, because when we don't have it all together, we feel like, oh, well, I'm a failure, I'm not living up to who I'm supposed to be, and so rather than just accepting that and moving forward, you know, that becomes a stumbling block for us, right, that this is how, or even when, when it comes to our children, we have this, oh, well, I'm the, I'm the sporty and I'm really good at sports and that's who I am. And so then when our kids, we kind of project our ego onto them and think, well, then I need to keep up this persona of the sporty person and my kids all need to be sporty and good at sports just like me. And when they don't um, live up to that expectation, then that, that anger or that need to control or our, you know, um, you know, our ego gets in the way of allowing them to be who they want to be. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we continue to try and project, oh, well, but you have to be this way because that's who I am. And so that's how, who you should be, you know? Yes. Like when I'm watching my child's soccer game and because mm-hmm. I'm like, was so passionate about it growing <laughs> up and I'm like, want him to be like this college soccer star, right? So he's nine years old and I'm like, why didn't you blah, 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 and you didn't get the ball, and blah, blah, you know, and then it's like, whoa, calm down. Like, <laughs> you're really trying to force this on your child. He may like it just to love it. He doesn't need to want to be the best at it, or, mm-hmm. you know, that may not be his drive. So I just sat back and like, oh, okay, I'm just going to watch him and encourage him to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Have fun. So you fun. went from <laughs> unconscious yeah. to consciousness. Right. And as we practice that, it becomes stronger in us. Yeah. And that allows other people to be to be themselves. Yeah. It's beautiful. She Shafali also says this idea of who we are is narrow. The ego sense of who we are is a narrow is narrow and limited limited. Our core self, our fundamental being, our essence is limitless. So the ego actually puts us in a box. And it doesn't allow us to be creative and expand. Um, it's, Which we do. Yeah. The same. So then we put our kids in a box, right? And we put our kids yes. in the same box and feel like, no, this is who you are and this is who you're supposed to be. And if you're not, then 
you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and instead of allowing them to be who they want to be and, and branch out. And the ego, she also talks about how the ego is often emotions that are in disguise. And we have an emotion come through and then we react because of that emotion. And that's what's controlling us now instead of our awareness, instead of our conscious presence. I liked all the different ego things she listed, like the ego of conformity, the ego of control, the Mm -hmm. ego of expectations. expectations. Like that's Mm -hmm. just great ways in the book to identify where your ego is strong. Oh, yeah. Um, that's what it did for me anyway. It's cool. like, okay, my ego is really strong in the control aspect. Like, because I f- have felt out of control in a lot of different situations in my life, then I have a sense of wanting just to control mm-hmm. certain aspects of what my kids are doing. And it's like, no. that So that was good awareness for me. Yeah. Um, she says that um, something about how those emotions that arise are coming from old wounds. Yes. That developed as children or young adults or but those are wounds that haven't fully healed or we haven't metabolized the, those emotions fully i love that word metabolize yeah mm-hmm. and then they just come out without us realizing what's even happening and so i think she says the foundation of this book is as we can heal those wounds those emotions that were never metabolize that we can become more conscious and we can show our children how to be conscious who they truly are or even just allow it instead of trying to put anything on it yeah just just seeing our kids through a different light because we finally see ourselves Mm -hmm. i don't know why the kids have to take the brunt of this they are the greatest teachers. we all did they all are it's just generational but we can heal yes i love that i love that we can actually make a real change we can really we can really really become aware and conscious and react differently and well i thought it was interesting just she was saying that one of the purposes for us you know having children is is to allow them to teach us, you know, we always think of we're the teachers, we're higher than them, and we're going to, you know, dispense all of our knowledge into them and mold them into the people they need to be. We know what's best. We do it our way. Exactly. We know what will make you successful in life. But then, but then, you know, but what she's talking about is, no, we're all in this journey together and we're learning from them as much or we should be learning as from them as much as they learn from us that we should be learning from each other and i liked how when what she said was rather than you know you know you react to something they do and you get angry or you get uh, um upset or you get sad or whatever notice those reactions and and become conscious of oh my gosh why is this you know little thing triggering me so much why Mm -hmm. is my child triggering me in this situation so much what is it that what are those emotions coming from because it's obviously not coming from my child Mm -hmm. there's you know there's too much there so what is this coming from so then to metabolize your your feelings you sit with them you you notice them you sit with them it's important usually when a feeling comes up we try to resist it and or we shame ourselves for feeling that way and that doesn't allow the emotions to be processed and metabolized. 
Right. It's so right. stuffing them down or yes. hiding them or avoiding them. No, or running away. Or actually, people don't even get to that point. They don't even recognize they're hiding, hiding. avoiding or doing anything, they just think it's their child's fault, mm-hmm. it's their husband's fault. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, they play the blame game and project it all on them. It's yeah. really Close. hard to sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not comfortable. It's, it's a practice you have to learn to kind of, you have to detach. Who wants to feel like yeah. they have anger management or, issues? <laughs> so when you can really start seeing even your own emotions and as an observer, and it's almost like you're watching it go by on a screen. Yeah. Instead of identifying with it, like, I'm a horrible person. I'm, I can't believe I did that. It's like, okay, I'm feeling shame. Okay. Shame feels like this is it's how painful it feels in it's... my chest. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I have this pit in my stomach, but you're just observing it like it's going by on a screen. And mm-hmm. so you're sitting with it, but whew, that well, takes some practice. Yeah. Well, and I think, and then, then she talks about how, to, yeah. right. That brings you to, to consciousness when you, awareness. well, just awareness that, okay, now I'm having these feelings. Where are those feelings coming from? Why do I have this overabundance of feelings? And then you can kind of look back into your past and think, oh, you know, maybe the reason I feel like I need to control my children is because I didn't ever feel like I had control over my life when I was younger. And so now, and I, maybe I'm still having those feelings or I have this false belief that if I don't clench down, that nothing will go my way because, and I'll just be brushed over and my, I won't matter or something, you know? And so then you at least can recognize where they're coming from. And so then when you come back to your child, you can then recognize that, oh, it's not my child. Then you can become conscious and see the child as they are, the situation for what it is, and you can act more appropriately than overreact or, you know, dump all of this emotion onto them. The awareness is the true control. It's not allowing our unconsciousness or our egos to control our reactions. And it's being okay with whatever comes up. Because mm-hmm. we want to identify it. Sometimes you don't need to identify it. Sometimes you don't need to have an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the power is in sitting with it. Mm-hmm. And you're letting your unconscious mind process that through. Mm-hmm. And your body will do the work yeah. without even knowing. It's surrendering. <laughs> it's surrendering, yeah. yeah. And then it will come. it'll work through. And, you know, I've gone through both aspects of becoming aware, like, becoming aware of where this stems from, mm-hmm. from childhood experiences. And now I'm practicing more of, okay, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And just like sitting there and holding it like a baby. Yeah. Almost, and becoming friends with it. It's like, okay, I'm angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just really being Once okay you're with aware it. of it, there's no like trigger. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't have power anymore. Yeah. I mean, it can still, whatever, just don't. Judge it. Don't give any identity to it. Just yeah. let it be. Yeah. The emotions not, don't have to be good or bad. Yeah, just let it be. It's not who you are. Yeah, it's no longer part of It's yeah. not longer me. I'm, it's a, something I'm experiencing. Yes. And so I'm just watching it, holding it, sitting yep. with it. And, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to heal, but I really feel like that's a powerful way is just really being present. Yes. Yeah. So, so true. Present with those the emotions. emotions. Yeah. Shafali, she did point out that we need to understand that Consciousness and unconsciousness are not polarities. That unconsciousness is not our enemy. 
And she says, rather, it provides the platform on which consciousness arises. We need to have the natural man, the ego, the unconsciousness, so that our true selves can arise, so that we can practice that skill of consciousness and being aware and developing those spiritual muscles, if you will, to be present and just aware of what's happening inside of us and what's happening with our children and our, in our communities. Well, so one thought I had about the, you know, the unconscious. So she's talking about how, you know, when you're unconscious, you're kind of not aware of your feelings. You're not aware of the um, false beliefs that you have. And I had a friend once explain to me about um, how how hard it is to have everything conscious, to, have, to be always making decisions of how you're going to react to things or how you're going to handle things and, and you know, throughout your day. And so one way is to create good habits, right? To create your, your good habits through your routines, um, and then that can become unconscious. So you don't have mm-hmm. to think about it anymore. It just, you naturally, this is how I brush my teeth. This is the process that I go through that might be slightly different than the, the process you go through. And now I can brush my teeth without thinking about it, and it's, I can think about it. It's like your else. unconsciousness is maturing. Exactly. Well, so so I thought, I just, you know, when she was talking about bringing those things to your consciousness, what it showed me was this great circle, right? On the one hand, we want to recognize our unconscious beliefs and habits that are false or bad, right? So we bring those things up to our consciousness Mm -hmm. so then we can recreate them in the right way. In consciousness. In consciousness, right? So you're consciously seeing these maybe these habits that are these beliefs that aren't serving you. And then you go down and, um, and put, be, create good beliefs mm-hmm. and habits and then put those back into your unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. So this is like a cycle of awesomeness. That's right. This cycle of awesomeness. I love it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so then you're constantly putting in un- good things in your unconsciousness and pulling out the bad so that you can look at it in your into your consciousness and but it's really not it back the, down there. It's really not bad because it's actually a gift. Because when the unconscious rises up and it shows you something, it's like thank you for showing me that. Right. Yeah. Now I get to even grow more. More. I get to see the truth now because I was able to see the gift you just gave me that's not Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. not serving me. Well, and that's yeah. what our children are there for. That and that's exactly what you're saying. That our children are there you go. these gifts. They're the, the gifts. Our children are these gifts, and and those moments when we are triggered are the gifts yep. that we can see. Oh my gosh, I have this belief, you know, or this you know thing that I haven't dealt with. These yeah. things that I've stuffed down, and now because of my child, I've been able to bring it. To consciousness, now I can look at it and see it and try and understand why. Yeah, and you can heal. You and really then can I can heal, heal. Yeah. exactly. And then because I'm healing, then my children can heal and Completely. they can um, maybe start off better than we Yeah, <laughs> you're Hopefully. helping to pass down the future, I feel. I think the ideal that our children are going to be perfect is is an illusion like oh definitely i mean they're going to have their challenges and troubles no matter what we do and we're never going to get it all the way right because if we did then they wouldn't get this process either Mm -hmm. and she says that's one of the 
egos is the ego of perfection, like mm-hmm. thinking, trying to make things perfect. Or right, maybe I mean just easier, not perfect, but just that they that they'll start off being able to live consciously and to be more self-aware, yeah. and so they won't have to go through um, so much struggle to get to that place where they can sit with their feelings, they can understand. Does that make I sense? I think so? well, it's important that as we realize we were in unconscious in unconsciousness as we have dealt with our children that we voice that to them like oh i was in this state of mind i was in my ego and i'm sorry i'm aware of that now and i just allowed that emotion to come through me and i'm allowing myself to sit with it and now i'm going to give myself some compassion and um, be more present in this situation next time So I think that's how we can teach our children to be more self-aware and more conscious themselves. They can also learn by watching you. Um, I take a lot of five-minute breaks nowadays (laughs) because I recognize the anger is just flooding. Mm -hmm. And so I have an anchor where I hold my hands like crossed like this, and I focus on my hands, and I just breathe because this gives me comfort. And then I just start you know, breathing and feeling the emotion. I just take some time out. So if they can see you deep breathing, like meditating, Mm -hmm. um, teaching them how to do it, to be like, are you feeling angry? Yeah. Where do you feel it in your body? That's beautiful. Um, How does that, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, just those kind of skills. Well, and I think also just admitting that you're not perfect and that, you know, you know, I'm so sorry that I, that I projected all these feelings onto you and I'm, and I'm, I shouldn't have reacted that way. And, and I realize yes. they're coming from an old wound. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. And, and it's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. You. It's not your fault. So right. good. Um, I love when Shefali said that we need to realize that we are not raising a mini me, but we are raising a spirit throbbing with its own signature. And she says, the ability to see, really see our children separate from who we are is our greatest gift to them. Their greatest gift to us is awakening us to consciousness and showing us our wounds almost, like, yeah. right? And that's their greatest gift to us is that awakening. And our greatest gift to them is to let them know that they are separate from who we are and that they are a beautiful children of our Heavenly Father yeah. with separate paths and purposes from our own. And they have their own essence is the word that mm-hmm. she uses. And I like that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's yeah. the essence and the ego. Yeah. And it's allowing the essence to control our actions rather than the ego and the emotions. It's a beautiful place when you can get to see your children that way. Like I'm just barely getting a glimpse reading this book. It's like, wow. Yeah. It's like awe-inspiring. Like, you guys are, you're just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It makes you want to sit with them longer, look into their eyes deeper, hold them, like be present when they're sad. Like, because you feel how incredible. Yeah. I'm just like, I want to be here for you. I don't need you to be, I, you're, you're still here for me because this is the process, right? But like the ego makes us think that the child's there for us, Mm -hmm. but like we are need to be here for ourselves. Yes. And take care of our inner being. And 
be present for them. Yeah. Because as we take care of our inner being, like you said, that takes care of them. Totally. It's just perfect. That is perfection. (laughs) That is. That's love. Yep. Lately, I've been going into the forest almost every day with my little kids. Just, I just want to be in nature more. And it's so easy to be present with them, with myself, with the world, just in that environment. So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes even just getting out of our environment and getting somewhere where you're pretty much, I mean, we're hiking and we're, you have to be present or else it's not safe. And Mm -hmm and present with them or it's not it's not safe and and that, it's a new experience it's beautiful it's yeah and it, it's it's an, a really awakening experience mm-hmm. to awakening. be it is i wondered if that's why a lot of us go on vacations is to get out of the ego out of the unconscious and into something new which makes us be aware and in the, in the moment because we want to experience the beautiful trees or we want to experience that ocean fully in the moment. And what if we can take a vacation in our very own home? And yeah, I think we can as we become more conscious. What if you can take a vacation in your very own self, your very in own your being? Very, yeah. Like where <laughs> you yeah, feel cool. awakened, you feel new, you feel alive. Like that is yeah. awesome. That's and powerful. I think that's what nature does tells tells, shares teaches us us. it teaches us that yeah Yeah, nature is the great teacher yeah and i found when i go out with them i try to let them lead and see through their eyes i'm trying to you know give that to them and that's when because if i was pushing my own agenda like come on you guys we have to get to the end of this hike or whatever i I don't think i'd have the same experience but Mm -hmm. stepping back and looking through their eyes and going at their pace and noticing what they're noticing and all of a sudden, the world is just, whoa, so incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. the essence of this book. Very much so. So there is a lot to this book. She even goes into um, how we need to set boundaries. And when we discipline our children, um, if they're coming from a place of clinginess or if they're coming from a place of defiance or from a place of sadness, how we can show them um, different forms of consciousness. And in that way, we discipline them rather than from immediate reactions of, you know, you're clinging, just stop, get away. But rather, oh, I'm aware that you're feeling that you need to be held or hugged. Okay, I will do that. And it's hard because if we're not nourishing ourselves, Really, the last thing we want to do is to give nourishment to others. Sometimes you don't even want to be touched, like, because the feeling is so intense in my body sometimes. Like, <gasps> yeah, don't yep. even touch me. And they're just, like, feeling sad. Or, but, yeah. like, you can let that all subside or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, being in this more authentic place, I love just the thought of identifying, being aware enough to be like, oh, they're actually sad. Yes. Oh, they're actually feeling clingy because they need something mm-hmm. instead of being annoyed by all that. Yeah, and she goes into uh, some more detail in her book and explains so cool. how we can parent from a place of consciousness with our discipline techniques cool. and so that it helps them rather than um, crushes their spirits. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so I feel inspired instead of destroyed. Yeah, inspired instead of destroyed. I like this this spot she's talking about um, 
releasing your children from the need for your approval and how sometimes we constantly starve them of our approval or we cause them to, do, to be dependent on, on that, us, on that approval. And rather than, so then they almost feel like they always have to like earn our approval. They have to earn that love and um, rather than just being loved because they are because they exist, because they are them, you know. And one way she said there's a couple ways that um, there's some ways that you can help them feel like I'm loved no matter what. I can be good, I can be bad, whatever, but I am loved. Worthy because, because I'm worthy, yeah. and Because and I am. Because, because I exist. exist. I'm here. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And she said, you know, um, some of the things you could do are when they're resting, tell them how you, much you appreciate who they are and appreciate them. And when they're sitting, tell them how happy you are to sit with them. When they're walking in the house, you stop them to say, thank you for being in my life. Um, and I just out of the blue often just say, I love you. I just love you. And it's just sporadic, random. There's nothing attached to it. Nothing yeah. like, Oh, you did the dishes. I just love you. But it's just random when I'm driving in the car and I just look back there. And I just say it. And so Right, because sometimes, sometimes you know, we think, oh, punishment is the opposite of of reward, right? And so, um, we punish them or threaten them, and or we reward them for doing good things. But a lot of times, reward is almost as bad as punishment, right? You punish them for doing the wrong thing while you reward reward them for doing the right thing. But the problem with those two is that you're still telling them either way that that love is conditional, mm-hmm. that you you don't like them when they're doing something bad and you only like them when they're doing something good rather than, you know, I love you when you're bad and I love you when you're good and I love you when you're just doing neutral things, you know, like, like, sitting. like sitting and laying there or walking by, like, you know, you, I love you because you are you and it has nothing to do with um, what you do. Yeah. And so, and I, and I think all too often we give the impression that, you know, it has to be, that love has to be earned instead of mm-hmm. loving unconditionally. So I like this line in here that she says their core must be unconditionally celebrated. Mm-hmm. I like that. It reminds Beautiful. me of this marriage guy. I forgot his name, but he talked about, he talked in this group and he passed out around this beaten up old violin and was like, here and everybody's just passing it along like yeah you want this old beaten up violin didn't look very good and then he said the violin you just passed around is a Stradivarius and it's extremely valuable Mm. so the people just completely had a different perspective then about the violin as it was passed around a second time they handled it with more care there was this sense of awe and wonder and you know just And that's the way we need to treat the people that we care about, with that sense of awe of, you are worth so much. Thank you for being in my presence. It's a beautiful story. (laughs) This book is interesting because when you read a parenting book, you automatically want to know, how do I fix my kids? (laughs) Yeah, And so, like, the, the discipline section is way at the end. I know I've been I've been wanting to just skip the middle part and jump to the very end. But as I've been reading, she actually does talk a lot about, you know, how to handle children when they're 
as babies and as toddlers and as you know go through the ages. She does say that it's very important that we put our boundaries in place, that they know their limits. And as we do that and our children start misbehaving in ways and we often we take it personally, like it's reflecting on if my child is being misbehaving, that's reflecting about who I am. And she said, we need to stop, we need to pause, step back, come into the conscious, be aware of the emotions that they're exhibiting and detach ourselves. We, they are not us and we are not them. And, um, well, and and also then when we do that, we can, we can see them for who they are. We can also be and do the things that they need. Right. And it talks about a story of, of um, a family who they have a, a special needs son. And as she's watching them, she's go, she goes and visits them. And they the father just remains so calm throughout the whole time. And this this boy, you know, is just all over the place with his emotions. Mm-hmm. But he's able the father is able to stay calm and she's like, how are you able to do that? How come you don't get angry or whatever through all of this? And he's like, well, because this is how who he needs me to be. This is what he needs me to do. When he gets angry, he needs me to be calm so that he can calm down. When he gets sad, he needs me to comfort him and be there for him. And, you know, um, and I think when we can feel our feelings and and get past our ego and just look at them and for who they are then then we can be what we need to be for them and we can be there for them because we don't have all these triggers that are getting in the way we're not stumbling over each other and so yeah so i i really wanted to jump to the end and be like oh at the end there're all of the the discipline things but what she says throughout the whole book is that when we um, when we become conscious of ourselves, when we become conscious, then a lot of those discipline problems that we might be having will just kind of disappear and we don't even have to worry yeah. about the tips and tricks. There are times our children are going to act out of unconsciousness themselves. They're human. I was just having a thought about boundaries that I've learned that boundaries, it's not like us just putting something in place to to set the boundary, to be the authoritative person. Mm-hmm. If you're setting a boundary, it's supporting both people. It's yes. creating a safe place where mm-hmm. you both can be. And so I think that's an important thing to think about. So it's not really creating, it's creating a safe place. And then when that safe place is already set up, then you are more free to fill your essence of who you are. So I think it just creates that space for everyone to flourish more. Yeah, she says it's a circular dynamic that conscious discipline isn't parent versus child, but it involves a circular dynamic of parent with child. And what she means by this is that as we are aware, we notice things in us that come up and we allow it to um, metabolize, emotions metabolize. And then as we are aware of our children, we see what emotions come up in them and we allow them to experience them. We don't say, stop, you shouldn't be feeling this way. Yeah. We Rather, we say, okay, I see 
how you're feeling and that's okay. Allow it to be. And then as they allow it to be, that's surrendering. And then we're able to make this circular relationship rather than I'm higher and better than you and I expect this of you and you need to do exactly what I say or else. But rather it's I'm here and I'm present and I allow you to be here and I allow you to be present and I allow you to experience the emotions that come through you and I respect myself as well. Yeah. So. I was thinking um, it's almost like we're enmeshed sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we can't when we're in those intense emotions, we can't. I can't. I personally can't separate myself from my child. Sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. are you feeling this or am I feeling this? Or like, I just feel like we're one huge energy ball of just uh-huh. like intense emotion. But when I can step back, detach, I actually see the two-year-old little toddler, mm-hmm. and I'm me, and she's her, and she's throwing this fit or having a hard time, and she may not even know why. And so then I can just be like, okay. You're too, and you're having a hard time right now. Mm-hmm. And instead of feeling like, i got to stop this. i got to, pr- sh- this has got to end. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah! yeah, you know, I just kind of yeah. separate myself. It's good to learn we're two separate individuals. We are yes. not enmeshed people. Like, mm-hmm. she's her, and it's okay. She can be having her moment, and I'm okay. Um, but, yeah. Well, and they have such big emotions at that age. They have yeah. just as big of emotions as, you know, teenagers. One thing she was talking about that they have all this, all these emotions and they have no idea how to deal with them. And yeah. so when we um, have all these crazy emotions with them, then it almost makes them feel like, you know, they feel insecure because they're like, well, you didn't even know how to handle these <laughs> these emotions. How am I supposed to, you know? It just feels scary, even scarier for them, I think. And so, you know, when we can stay calm and allow them to have their emotions, then they they can feel um, that support, I guess, yeah. and mm-hmm. feel secure that it's okay. Everything's going to be okay because you're calm. Even though I can't be calm, you're calm, and so it's all going to be okay. You know, and she even says that, you know, help your children know it's all going to be okay because you are you. And this life is here to learn and to grow and to experience all of the many wonderful ups and downs and sideways and, you know. Mm-hmm. And so life is not out to get you. Life is here to be this wonderful experience, um, to be your companion with you and, uh, and you know, and to yeah. just accept it and to go with it. Um, and so, and we can help them do that by helping them feel that they are capable uh, of handling those emotions. So, yeah, what we've been saying is exactly what Shafali said about how crucial it is that we realize that we aren't raising a mini me and that we are raising spirits throbbing with their own signatures. Um, the ability to see, really see our children separate from who we are is our greatest gift to them. Yeah. And I was really pondering on the way here that the Savior came to my mind because he doesn't put himself above us or below us. But when he teaches us, he is present with us. He mm-hmm. sees us for who we are and he sees us better than we see ourselves. And I'm grateful to be able to go to him because He's the process of helping us see our true essence. Mm-hmm. He helps us to heal. He's helped me to heal through 
the layers and layers and layers of pain and beliefs that I've had about myself and I'm finally coming into seeing my true essence of myself mm-hmm. and when we yeah. see ourselves through his eyes it's incredible to know that we have that much glory and strength within us yeah and then it's almost like he's he's walking us with us and eventually we're gonna fly on our own mm-hmm. and we're gonna just know this yeah. like we know you know yeah that I have a foot just, yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah I'm just gonna know who I truly am and that's the beauty of this whole process is really coming to see who you are and the beauty that is inside that's beautiful I love one last statement from Shafali she said While we believe we hold the power to raise our children, the reality is that our children hold the power to raise us into the parents they need us to become. As our children show us our way back to our own essence, they become our great awakeners. That's beautiful. So they're showing us just like our Savior is showing us who we are. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful circular pattern that I see. That's so cool. I'm just so grateful that we have a Savior, that we have Jesus Christ and His love and His light in our lives. And that our children bring that light with them. And they they awaken us and they show us who we are. But if we resist them by being in an unconscious state, we it will be very difficult to awaken to who we truly are. And I love what you said, Rachel, that... I mean, I think this pulls it all together. When we awaken to who we are, we see glory, we see beauty, we see amazingness. And seeing that in us makes it a lot easier to see it in our children, too, and in other people. Yes. And we can pray and ask God to show us that. Thank you so much for joining our Mother Heart Circle. Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you, we love you, and thank you for being you.